Welcome back to the Best First Thing Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Lema. For this week's episode, I'm doing something a little different. Uh, just, you know, typically we'll have guests, but I'm going to do another solo episode. This is season three. We have a, at least a couple of more interviews before the end of the season, but I wanted to check in with all the listeners just to say thank you for everything you're doing, tuning in to our, our episodes. This is going to be a shorter one. Hopefully this is a great way to start out your week and maybe gives you a few things to reflect on. Uh, before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Brandis McBratney Owen, um, childhood friend who who uh, let me know that she's listening to the podcast from Australia, which is just uh, was mind blowing. But there's so many of you who are, are close to me and, and so many strangers out there who've reached out uh, just with your gratitude for the content and um, and the important words that some of my guests have been able to share over the last week. It's it's amazing that within a few months, a couple months here, we're going to have a year of Best Worst Thing podcast. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, but for today, for probably the next 15, 20 minutes, I, I kind of wanted to talk about a few things. We have so much that's going on, not only here in the U.S., but just around the world. We're, you know, trying to come out of this pandemic and, and uh, you know, fortunately, you know, some of us are getting able to move around the country a little bit, around the world, do a little traveling, seeing people we love. But that's what I'm doing right now in Arizona from this hotel room with this uh, recording. It's getting a chance to see friends and loved ones. And and it's, it's been a really tough year. And, and not only has it been a tough year from, from a loss perspective, loss of loved ones, loss of, of jobs, um, lost of losses, a lot of losses, a lot of different uh, issues that people have, have gone through over the year. And, and so I just want to acknowledge that. And I really want to push forward a, a message of hope. I, I think this has been also a great year for a lot of people to to get a chance to reflect on who they are and what their purpose is, what they want to do in this life that we have. We have we have this short amount of time on this great spinning rock. And when it's done, it's done. And um, a lot of this time alone has given a lot of us a chance to really reflect on on purpose and and meaning and, and this whole great thing called life. You know, for me, I, from my previous episode, you know, I went through a lot at some stage of my, my life and uh, probably several stages of my life. And, and one of the things I remember that difficult time did was it, it took me out of my focus on my purpose. You know, I, I don't think college or higher education is for everybody, but I do think it's a very transformative opportunity for those who take advantage of it. And I, and I do think uh, for me in particular, that was the case. And so I dedicated my life to work in this space, but I, I really lost a lot of focus on on what my goal is. And, and every once in a while, I get a, a note from somebody. So so this past week, I want to share with you, this past week, I got a special message from a student who I helped through Leadership. And Leadership, as I mentioned before, is a leadership development institution um, where we go around the country and speak to different colleges and universities and facilitate a, a week-long institute. And so one of these participants emailed me and um, and said, you know, he just reflected on some of the conversations we had and that he was so happy that he got accepted. He decided to, after our conversation, work really hard and he applied to eight top PhD programs. He got accepted to all eight PhD programs with full tuition, full coverage of finances. So he's not going to walk away with it from a PhD program with debt. 
you know, which is, I was, first of all, just super happy for him and that he remembered that. But the truth is, is that there's many times where in the work that I do, and I'm certain other people have a similar feeling, you kind of lose sight of what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. And in the end, if you look at my resume, it's, it's super long. My CV is probably eight pages. But to steal a line from a colleague, my job is to help students. That's it. And every once in a while, I, I forget that. I, you know, you get caught up in, in life stuff, financial stuff, personal stuff, relationships, health stuff. And it's hard to remember your purpose. And then, then a student reaches out to you two years later, three years later to tell you that something you said, maybe a little something you said really helped them out and made a difference in their lives. It was just enough to keep me going. And so I have a lot of gratitude for that. So I guess my challenge to you all out there is no matter what you're doing, you know, whether you are working for the post office, whether you're working in sales, whether you are an entrepreneur, uh, is to really take some time to reflect on what is your purpose with, with a world that's spinning so fast and with so much chaos all around us and so many difficulties and challenges, both personally and professionally, politically, economically. Take a little bit of time to be selfish and really reflect on what it is that is your purpose and, and how are you going to, to make a difference. And then I, I want to encourage you to go a step further and have faith that if you hold that true, then even if you don't always see signs, it's happening. It's worthwhile. I think that's a, an important piece. That was just a good reminder for me this week. But um, second thing I want to talk about, which I, again, this is not a, this tends not to be a, too much of a, con- I mean, there might be some cursing here and there on this podcast, but this tends not to be too much of a controversial platform. But I do want to address the things that are going on in our nation um, when it comes to the violence, whether it's uh, people being hurt by gun violence or or law enforcement, and and I don't want to belabor it, but I do think I need to address it to say that uh, we need to do better, and we need to to figure some things out. These these issues are very complex. They're they're challenging, and and there's a lot of hate that's being built on 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 these issues, and and that's not the world that I, I want to live in, and I don't think that's the world that a lot of people want to live in. And I get it. Some people really do build their lives around being against something, right? You know, they, their purpose is, you know, for some reason that gives them a lot of purpose to be anti-something. But what I'm asking myself and others to do is to, to figure out what are you for? How are you for the betterment of yourself, your community, your world? How you choose to, to enact that is really totally up to you. If you're an activist, if you're a policymaker, um, if you're a person who maybe doesn't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with the way the current world is going, but, but, you, but you're frustrated about the conversations that are out there, what are you doing to engage in those dialogues and to try to get a better understanding, a broader understanding? And so I just really want to encourage people to, to really engage and connect and grow and to add more to uh, bettering our our local communities and and our world. 
What's the challenge that we have here? The last thing I want to talk about is love. Love is such a such a difficult topic for me to talk about because quite frankly, sometimes when I'm at my worst, I feel like I have not had a whole lot of success in it. Even though, you know, I, I do feel like I'm very loved. I have a lot of friends and family who are so good to me and so kind to me and 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 sometimes uh and I do feel deserving of that and I and I hope that I am able to provide people with the same amount of love, but it's something that uh, you know tends to to be a complicated topic in all areas of my life, and in particular. But I've, I've been doing a lot of reflecting uh, during this trip, sitting at the, looking at these four walls in this hotel room, and 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 it made me think about a story that I've told before. And so I'm going to share it with you all before we wrap up here. But before I get into that, first I just want to say. Um, my hope is that we all will learn to figure out how to love ourselves and to love one another, you know, to love each other with integrity, to love ourselves with integrity, to have the, the consideration to be honest, to be truthful with ourselves, to love ourselves enough to respect ourselves and respect others around us. A good friend of mine, another friend from college, emailed me that. She said, Josh, you know, you got to respect yourself. And if you respect yourself, People who are drawn to you will respect you both personally and professionally. And for me, in order to respect myself, I've had to focus on loving myself. So I know a lot of people are hurting out there. You've been through a lot, whether it's careers, whether it's trauma, whether it's interpersonal issues, family issues, whatever it is. I hear you and I understand, but I, I want to encourage you to at least take one step, which is if you're going to focus on one thing, focus on loving yourself. Focus on loving yourself and then hopefully respect for yourself will grow. Your choices and your decisions will, will connect with that respect and that love for yourself. But the love I want to talk about for the, the remainder of this, this solo episode is, is a little different. It's, it's an external love. I, um, I grew up in a... As you know, you may know, I grew up in a single parent household. My mother was raising five children and, and uh, you know, she demonstrated love in ways uh, that taught me um, so many things. Well, I, I do think that um, I missed not having a father raise me and, and not having that part in my life. I know that my mother does and, and, and did and, and still demonstrates ultimate sacrifices and she demonstrates true love. And I think, um, you know, for instance, she's the kind of person, she would make a nice sandwich. It would be like, for me, maybe for some of you, this wouldn't sound great, but it would have all the meats you want, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, onions, maybe uh, mayonnaise, mustard, and, it, you know, some kind of homemade California club. And she would eat that sandwich and you know, for me as a teenager, I remember one time when I'd see her make the sandwich and I think she had maybe a bite or two left. And I looked at her and I said, mom, that looks really good. Can I have a bite? And without even hesitating, my mom just gave it up to me. And for some of you that you think maybe that's not that big of a deal, but I got to tell you, you know, when you've been working on a good meal and that friend or that partner or somebody asked you for that last bite and you're like, why would you just not get one of your own? That was not a thought that went through my mother's mind. That's the kind of person, you know, she worked 
multiple jobs, not only just to take care of her five kids eventually, but to send money back home to Africa to take care of her family back there, to take care of cousins, nieces, nephews that she had never even met, you know, maybe would never see grow up, to help build schools, to build homes. You know, my mom had love for people that she had not had active contact with. And so she demonstrated love for strangers and sometimes in ways in which, you know, I really hope that I can do. And, and that's a real big connection and foundation of the work that I do and, and, and really falling in love with my students and really trying to have a life of purpose of serving my students. And so, but, you know, to be honest, I, I never really knew what that love was like. I, I thought I did. I loved her so much. And I appreciated all the things that she did. But it takes me to my, my final thought here, which is where I discovered love. So others in my personal life have heard this story. So if you have, uh, please forgive me. But, you know, there's, there's all kinds of love that one can experience in a lifetime. And, and I know I have. But the ultimate love that I experienced was when my son was born. And, you know, as I mentioned, I was, you know, a child of a single parent. I, I didn't know what a dad was like. I paid attention to my friends' dads to kind of maybe, again, sneak some of that experience from them and to get some dad-like experience. I think Ken Kellogg in high school stepped in and played a significant parent role in my life. But, you know, I'd spent a substantial part of my life not having a dad. And I, honestly, even in my adult years, I've, I've missed that presence. And so when it came time to me becoming a father, I didn't know if I had it in me. I didn't. I was young and, and, and I didn't know if I could love a person the way that my mother loved me. I just didn't know as a dad. And so my son was, I remember my, 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 his mom was going into labor. And, and so, um, and I remember his, his birth. I remember that, uh, she had a C-section, which I won't go into the details there. But what I do remember was uh, he came out, gave one little scream, saw a dimple in his cheek, and had an odd thought immediately, wow, he has dimples. <laughs> and then they took him over to the cleaning station and were addressing them and dealing with him. His mom told me to go see the baby. So I went and saw the baby. And, and I remember... Um, As I watched him kind of prepare him and, and I was coming down from the concern of any health concerns or safety, and it was confirmed that he was healthy, he was a healthy baby boy, I remember falling in love. It's just a, a different kind of love. For the first time, I remember this deep well of love. And I remember, you know, when we got back to the, the regular room in the hospital and they brought him to us and she got to nurse him and I got to hold him for the first time. I just remember this love that I had never experienced before. I had felt the love of my mother, the, the love that would, would give you her last dollar. Would, would, she'd probably give her life for me. And yet I had found something greater than that. And it was the love for my son. And I, I remember, you know, laying with him on my chest and, and being so in love. And I remember the early months of the, of the colic and the crying and, and the smiles and the more dimples. And I remember falling more and more in love with him. And what was really odd about this was 
I thought I, I could never love anything more than I love my son. And the next week I would love him more. And, I, and how could that be? I, I already draw a conclusion that I can, I can never love, can never love anything more than I love my son. And then another day would go by and I would love him even more. And he turned three years old and I loved him more. And he turned seven and I loved him more. And he turned 15 and he turned 18 and he left to college and I loved him even more. I cried when he left to college. He didn't see me cry, but I cried. And and then I, I watched him become this, this, this man. He's 22, this active, this powerful voice in his community and I love him more I don't understand I don't understand it but but what I do understand is love comes from a very deep place it's a it's an endless well it's an endless well full of of emotions and feelings and connection it's a very powerful powerful source that is unlimited And my son taught me what love is. I think we have, I think we have an opportunity here, people. I think we have an opportunity to love. Maybe not in the same way, but to know that it is, it is a, an endless well of opportunity. And I think we need to draw upon that love for each other for our communities, for our worlds. But we got to start with ourselves. We got to love ourselves. We got to love our strangers as well. We got to love our brothers and we got to love our sisters. We got to love all people. So I want to encourage you all to, to just love. Find love. Well, again, I, I, Thank you for listening to this very short episode. Um, we'll be back next week or two with a couple more interviews as we wrap up season three. If you keep listening, we'll keep making this content. And so I just want to thank you and enjoy the rest of your 2021. Thank you for listening to the Best Post Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Lee. Music is produced by Josh One. You can follow him at BoomNote on Instagram and Twitter and Josh One on Spotify. Our episodes are edited by Cool Jets Audio and Visual. You can follow them at Cool Jets AV on Instagram. Our marketing is designed by Francesca Daniels. You can find her at Frank and Kitty 24 on Instagram. And our overall design is by Inspired Design with Ryan Daniels. You can find them at getinspired.design on Instagram. Thank you for listening to the best worst thing. Trailblazer, main face, your optics. I rock this, cops this, blaze your boombox. The cool, cool Cali kid from the boondocks. Bounce to your hood like Chaka with a grimer. Independent thing to play a beat, I get my rhyme on. So when I strut on a path to perfection, city to your borough, to your town, to your streets. Keep your party live, Josh One got beats out of nature. Grazer, Oakland, strays to Asia. It's like Frazier, force of Fantasia. Move through your